Living Proof with Chris Flickinger. And welcome to another episode of Living Proof with Chris Flickinger, where overcoming fears and beliefs through a strong mindset can and will be achieved. I'm Dan Morrow, and with me today is the man himself, Mr. Chris Flickinger. How are you today, sir? I am having a great day. How are you today, Dan? I'm good. Good. I'm good. All things considered. All Everything's right. good. Well, what are we going to consider today, since it's all things considered? Hey, whatever, whatever you want to do. All right. This is the Chris Flickinger Show. All right. Well, you know, I was thinking we could start off by where we left off. And last last episode, we were talking about inspiration versus desperation and mm-hmm. implementing change. And, and, you know, I got to thinking about that, and I was kind of checking out social media and watching a little TV, and I thought we might discuss ways that we as people, as individuals, can do a small part to plant a seed of hope for those who are struggling during these difficult times. And they can be something as simple as a smile, opening a door for another person, to donating your time, efforts, um, contributions. So, you know, I was thinking in terms of that, like how do we take this environment that we're in, the whole COVID, the whole movements, and how do we as a country, which is a very big, daunting task, break it down to you and me, just the two of us, and then maybe just the, just the one of us, just myself. Like, what could I do different to help inspire people to have a better tomorrow than today? And I thought that would be a great premise for us to go through, and I have a couple of tips that we can offer along the way. Um, to help you change that mindset because if you are in a difficult place and you're looking at tomorrow cannot be a better day, then you need to start thinking about, well, what could you do to maybe take a step or two in the, in the direction of positivity? And, uh, you know, with that said, we'll, we'll look to see about, you know, elevating and energizing ourselves to engage into um, ways that we can be helpful and helpful to ourselves to our family to our friends and to our society i'm game all right all right well do you have any questions like you want to how do i thought we might do it a little differently rather than spouting off information all the time maybe we'd pose it by question something relevant that's going on in your world uh and we could talk about an example or two and, and, and move move that way i mean you are in contact with a lot of individuals out there and you do your um social media as well mm-hmm. so i thought you know what better way to start than say, hey, Dan, what's what's top of mind that you know, you're seeing that could be a, a small contribution to plant a seed of hope for someone? Well, you know what I've done recently? What's that? I've, I've tapped into my ego because it's all about the likes. How many Facebook friends can I have? How many likes can I have? And I'm sure we've all gotten to the point where We've seen our friends in so many different ways and dynamics recently, especially with their uh, opinions. And one of the things I've done recently is I must have had maybe 400, 300, 500 friends. I didn't have that many, but on, on Facebook. And think about how many do you have? You know what? I don't even know. I'll take a look. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then I'll that... tell you what I've done. Let me take a look here, because I am not the best with social media. Because especially with Facebook, I'm friends with people I don't recall meeting. They just, a friend of a friend, and I may have met him or her in passing. 
right? 410 friends. You got 410 friends. You know what I did? What's that? Consolidate to 150. And why did you do that? Well, first of all, it was just cramming up my feed with just misery. You know, just po- political opinions, uh, opinions over the COVID, opinions over this, over that. And, and I really started to figure out what, what was Facebook all about? What was social media all about? You know, um, if I was getting all this angst, and, and I do know for a fact that, that, that Facebook and certain algorithms within Facebook and the other social media sites and Google, they have an algorithm that creates, based on what you like, it creates the antithesis topics. So you'll see more topics of the stuff that you don't like. Okay. And, and, and through that, it, it, that will engage you more in a weird way. Uh, it's kind of like when Howard Stern first came out, um, his audience of, of devoted fans was off the charts. But the audience of people that hated him was even higher because he just wanted to hear what he said next. And, you know, to have something to hate. And and there's a lot of negativity that goes on in, in social media. And I started to really look like, why do I need this? I want I want to escape from the world when I, when I go on social media. I don't, you know, it's gotten to the point where everybody needs a soapbox. If, if a celebrity dies or if something happens in the news, we must now be like celebrities and give our you know, give, give our, um, our statement. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it really was just a way of reaching out to friends that you hadn't seen in years and to know that they're still alive and you still stay in contact with them into your dying days. Now I noticed I was getting, I, I was, I was seeing posts from friends that I may have met once I noticed that I wasn't seeing posts from some of my best friends for no other reason than the algorithm just never posted their stuff. I'm like, oh my god, I, I, I know I'm friends with, I, I've, and I'm going down my friend list, mm-hmm. and it's like I haven't seen a post from them in a year. You know, I didn't even think they were doing this anymore. Go on their site; their most recent post was yesterday. Right. So I figured, you know what? Who do I really know? Who who do I really talk to? Um, I condensed everything. I have an artist page, okay. The Dan, my Dan Morrow music page. So I kept everything there. You know, I didn't touch that. They can still follow me there. But I made my site more private. It's more intimate. It's just me and a hundred fifty of the people that I've chosen to be on it. And, and, and you know what, strangely enough, I put the app all the way in, in the back of where I, I'd have to dig for it. I'm hardly ever on it anymore. Right. And, and that's given just, just not seeing the drama, the fights that you want to engage in. It, I'm just staying out of that. Yeah. Especially after these six months, you know, you're just, everything's on edge. You know, it's just going to take one thing 
to blow everything up. It, it's just, you know, we, we are that on the edge. Every, the tensions are high, stresses are high. And I allow that. And that's the problem. We allow it. So I figured I'm not going to allow that now. I'm, I'm going to allow peace now. Right. And welcoming that peace in is the idea about elevation. You're elevating yourself to a new level of engagement. And when we do look out there, we do see most of the times, vast majority of times, it's the negativity. Mm-hmm. And you're spot on with it's a it's usually a quick one line statement. Um, we were talking about you know we talk about the ultimate. You're saying when people die, you always get the sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. And get that's a little closer a, to the mic. Just you get a you always get a mm-hmm. you always get um, you know I'm sorry for your loss. What if we could have a conversation with that individual who is in a painful situation? We don't know necessarily what they're going through. We just know that there is a loss. And, and how can we maybe prop that individual up? What, what words of encouragement, what words of engagement, what, you know, how do we elevate that to a next level? Maybe there, uh, you know, recently I was uh, thinking about this and in, in an individual who had passed away that I, I knew and uh, they were kind of going through a difficult time and you see all the Facebook pages and you see the different things, but it was a person that I was associated with through many, many years ago. And I thought maybe it would be a great idea just to write a letter and handwrite a little letter and put a stamp on it and send that letter out. And that letter um, was met with more positive feedback than a quick little statement on a social media page. There's something about not only getting something done in writing, but receiving it. In, in writing. It's one thing if I, if I, I'll text you, I hope you're well, man. I really sincerely mean it. I heard you're having some hard times. I hope you're well. Send the text. I get that text. Made my day. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to take the time to write, when you, when you start writing, you really get in a zone and you, you empty out everything in your head. You know, I really hope you're well. It's taken me back to the time when we were doing this and this, and you know, I heard that so and so passed, and I just remember all of us going to a party together. You know, and I really hope you're well. Send that. It's unexpected. You receive that as the person that receives that. Not only is is it something that you can, it's malleable. You could touch it. You can hold it. And you can always have it there to look at. You can always read it. You can always open it. You know, and when that person unfortunately passes, it, it becomes even even more sentimental and it means so much more. You know, you give a eulogy. He was a great guy. I still have to this day when you know my, my father died, he wrote me a letter. I still got the letter. And I still look at it, and it just means more to me now than ever. Those little things mean a lot. I just listen to a book. I recommend. I I embrace things more. I absorb things more when I listen to things. So I just listened to an audio book from Kevin Hart. It's called Decisions, and it's a really really good motivational book. You know, he he really goes into the essence of it all, and he suggests 
the first thing you should do, he calls a boot camp for your mind. He says, for 30 days, don't complain. Don't complain for 30 days. Now, going to what you're saying, if I'm going to run into you at, at the store, or I just bump into you, or, yo, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, right. Things, things are okay. Things are terrible. Exactly. <laughs> Let Exa me tell you how bad they are. And, and, and we people know people love to tell you that. Exactly. Nobody and, says, things are great. Let me tell you how great they are. Now, not complaining, I run into you into a store, and you, you're, well, you know what? Things are all right. Yeah. You know, th things are good. I got I got new shoes on. I, I had a little knee pain, but I'm walking today, and and things are things are good. And that gives that person a whole new outlook. Because because first of all, first of all, when you're when you're running into people at stores, it's it's just high by. Oh, is everything good? Good, good, good. Right. You, you know, if you throw those compliments, you know, hey, you look great. You know, and I've done this before. Hey, you look great. You lost weight and stuff. They didn't lose weight. They gained like 42 <laughs> pounds. Oh, my God. It was embarrassing. But <laughs> it was just habitual to want to make people feel good. And I think more than anything, constant, constant talking to them with with a first-name basis. I agree. And action. Mm -hmm. We talked about every taking action, writing a letter, taking action, making a phone call. You're taking that extra step. Share a little story. I think I told you before, for those who don't, I work in finance as well. And I had a 90-year-old uh, client who had been home since uh, COVID, the COVID outbreak. Compromised immune system. Doesn't go anywhere. Eyes are not doing well. Cannot drive anymore. Independent. By her, woman is by herself. And uh, she's just, uh, she was in a place where she needs some help. And so I called her on the phone. I'm listening to her. There were some forms that had to be signed. Just two quick signatures, and we were able to help her get through her financial needs. So I said, I'll stop by the house. So Thursday morning, uh, 10 o'clock, no problem. So walk over there at 10 o'clock. I have my mask on. I walk up. I said, I'll leave this here. She said, no, come on in. She's sitting at one side of the table. I said, the other side, I said, I just need these two signatures and we'll be able to accommodate what you need. She goes, oh, that's wonderful. She goes, but I got this other letter and I'm not really sure what, what I have to do. I said, well, let me take a look at it. And I look at it. I said, okay, let's make a phone call. So we call an insurance company up and come to find out that she wanted to do some additional business, but she needed her daughter's signature. And she didn't realize that her daughter had her signature on there for, you know, from many, many years ago, she put this policy together. She says, well, let's, let me talk to the agent. So I talked to the agent. I said, well, if you get this form back with the daughter's signature, then everything will be fine. And then your client can continue to, you know, have all the um, proper um, documentation. Are we all in place? They can do anything they want with the policy. I said, no problem. So I turned to the client and said, when you get this signed, I'll be able to then help you, you know, with processing. So she proceeds to say to me, well, my daughter lives close by, but I can't drive. Would you be kind enough to drive me? My initial reaction was, I'm busy. I got to go. It's only a signature. You know, it's a client. But then I thought, here's a 90-year-old woman with limited vision, 
confined to her home with COVID that needs help. And when I was saying plant a seed of hope, do something a little extra, I said, sure, let's get in the car. Had to help her in the car, had to help her out of the car. Had to help her up the steps to her daughter. Come to find out her daughter is not doing well either. So it's the first time in four months that they saw each other, even though they lived about a mile from each other. The overwhelming joy that came from witnessing the two of them give each other a hug, it was, it, it, all of a sudden, it wasn't about finance. It wasn't about a busy day. It wasn't about what am I going to do next? It was just two people. And you realize that, you know, behind all of these things, all this motivation, all these books, all these stories, there's genuine people with genuine feelings, with genuine needs. And we spent another 20 minutes. I just sat there and listened to stories. Remind you, this was just two signatures and I'm done. This was an hour and a half appointment, which could have taken all of 10 minutes. When we were getting back in the vehicle, the woman turns to me and says, they never delivered my newspaper. I said, well, let's go get you a newspaper. So we stopped by the convenience store. I ran into a Wawa and, uh, she was pulling out a little purse. Now, if anybody out there, you know, you're, it's like your grandma. They pull out mm-hmm. that little that little change purse, and they're going to snap. A little snap, and they're going to get. I said, "Put your money away. It's in. It's okay." And she's like, "God bless you." She goes, "You are. I. I pray for you every day." I said, "Well, thank you." I said, "I appreciate that. I guess somebody has to." <laughs> and we had a little laugh, and she, but she was just so grateful. And then I helped her. Home. I said, "Let me help you back in the house." She goes, "No, you've done more than enough." Um, I try to stay as independent as possible, but I realize at this point in my life that I need somebody, and thank you for being there for me. And you know, I'm gonna say, like, it was. I drove away, and I was choked up. It was. Uh, it was very. It was at a very emotional um, meeting. I've I've only had a handful of them in my career, and this was just recently, and and it was so relevant to what we're talking about. It's today. addicting too. Yeah, it, it's addicting. You you want to help people. You want to. You know what? It got me thinking. Especially when when it was um, she hadn't seen her daughter in in so long, and they they live right down the street. It, it makes me kind of make make the listeners want to have an assignment, you know. And maybe maybe after the sh- after the show, after each show, we should give them homework to do. Like like I was thinking, there, there's something I want to do, and I I, I have an uncle that. I rarely talk to for no other reason than just life happens. Life gets in the way. You know, Lennon says life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. John Lennon. John Lennon. I want to be specific. So I'm going to call him today and and just really just reach out and have a good talk to him, maybe set up having coffee with him one day this week. Yeah. And I think for homework, maybe – Maybe the listeners should have find two family members that they haven't talked to out of the blue. Just give them a call. But be, before they do, write down a list of topics, just five simple topics to talk about so you're not leaving anything up in the air. So, it's, well, well, how was your day? So it's not, so it's not small talk. Right. Be specific. Listen, but still steer the conversation so that in the event it starts to get negative – you can, you can, right, you can you, pivot. You you can steer the conversation more into well, oh that's horrible. You know, go to line two. 
I heard I heard Mary's doing good. I heard the kids are going to, uh, you know, they had a graduation celebration. They had a drive drive by with the horns, you know, everyone beeping horns at the house. So maybe that's something they should do, just, just to reach out, because think of the perspective. As much as your life has been the dull drum, constant, monotonous, day by day, you know, just just in any given day, even before COVID, but more more so now than ever. And then you get this call out of the blue from someone that doesn't want to vent. They want to hear from you. Hey, tell me how you've been. I missed you. How are you? And people will be receptive to that. Absolutely. We are designed to communicate with each other. We're designed to interact with each other. That's why this whole social distancing is, distancing is so hard for people. It's horrible. It's terrible because we are designed for that. And when you talk about picking up the phone and calling two family members or two friends and or two people mm-hmm. that you haven't talked to in quite some time, what impact will that have on that individual? And I've never not done it. And not felt good myself when I got off the phone. And saying, I, I'm glad I did that. Right. When you pick up a phone and you generally say, I was thinking about you and I would like to know what you've been up to. How mm-hmm. are things going? What are you doing to get through these challenges? What steps have you, are you taking to um, be positive? Yeah. And then person might say, well, I'm not positive. I'm not doing nothing. It gives you an opportunity to maybe be that voice. Uh, maybe that maybe you're that ray of sunshine. Maybe you're that voice of confidence mm-hmm. that allows that person to then stop and think. Just just remember their passions. If you know this person enough, then then you know their passions. You know, um, we have a good friend. I I rarely ever talk to him because life gets in the way. Brian Bell, mm-hmm. great guy. I'll I'll call him and I'll just. Now we both know he has the gift of gab. He he just. Just, just get him rolling, and 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 he'll talk. But let me think of some really good things that have come up lately that where he's popped into my mind. You know, hey, I wanted to call you because I was just watching TV and I saw this Aerosmith documentary and stuff, and it just took me back and and just reminisce and just do stuff and just just have something engaging like that where you know that you're going to talk immediately about something that they love too. You know, I'll talk to. Talk to my aunt or my cousin, you know, how are the kids? You know, my aunt loves talking about the kids, talking about her kids. You know, how's how's this one? How's this? How's the grandkids? And and that just gets them more engaged. You know, how are you? And and you just, you know, balls in your court, you just volley it back. And, and you have a nice dialogue, and, and, and you're glad you did it. And, you know, from out of the blue, it just, just makes people feel good. And, and it goes with those compliments and even just walking down the street. You know, I, I was at the beach and there was this um, young black boy sitting next to me. Yeah, um, he was a teenager and he, he just he just looked like he, he was just angry. And and he was just playing, and he he was just doing something at the beach, and here he was just frustrated because he was just trying to get a wave, and the wave knocked him right into me. 
I grabbed him and I said, you okay, my friend? And he looked at me and, and said, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. And I just did my thing. He comes back up to me. He's like, it's a beautiful day today, ain't it? And it's like, I, I, I lifted him out of the waves because he looked like totally <laughs> mangled by this wave. And I wanted to make him feel better. You know, I, I said, hey, my friend, you, you, you okay? He's like, yeah. And then he comes back to me. He's like, beautiful day today, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it is a beautiful day. He's like, I'm, it was perfect. It was a perfect sunny day. He said, the sun's perfect. He says, where are you from? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm about 30 minutes away. He says, you live around here? I said, no. He says, I'm from Philly. You know, me and my parents, from, we're from Philly. And I just had this conversation, you know, a, a, a young black kid in his teens and a middle-aged 40-something old white guy, you know, and we just hit it off immediately. You know, it was, there, there was no such thing as color or anything. It was just humans. It was just two good humans bonding. And all we wanted to do at that moment was together, which was the way we were going to tackle. Mm-hmm. And I left, and I, I, I left, and I was told, you know, come, time to come in, Dan. <laughs> I got to come in because I'm playing too much. Right. And it's, I had to rush back to the kid. And by this time, he's with his family. And they're like, who's this guy? Right. And I, I said, it was a pleasure talking to you. And he's like, you too. And he had this smile that just, dude, if you want to get through life, just keep that smile because it's making my day. It's making my day. It'll make everyone else's day. And and just giving a smile. And a smile goes a long way. There was, it goes such a long way. There was, I forget the, the, the young man's name, but it was out in San Francisco, uh, I don't know how many years ago. But he, uh, he was walking to the Gold Gate Bridge and... Pass, pass by all these people and his intentions were if um, one person you know looks my way I, I'll acknowledge but he just kept walking 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 gets to the um, bridge looks over jumps commits suicide when they went back to his apartment they found a letter and the letter said if one person that I engage with today smiles back at me, I won't jump. So you can see, you know, there's different degrees, but it shows you that from the smallest positive to the biggest negative, a mm-hmm. smile goes a long way. And you don't know what a person's going through when you're walking down the street, but yeah. it's just a, a friendly smile will go further than a frown. And in this case, you know, this, this young man's life could have been different. But um, you know, th- this I, I think about these things because you hear the extremes on both sides. But how how many the vast majority of us just going through life, realizing that we can make a difference in, in in the people that we see, the strangers that we come come across day in and day out. But I just mind. I, I'm we a happy go lucky guy. I, I like to smile people, and you know, I like to see the reaction on other people's faces. And it's interesting when I do smile, or I say hello, mm-hmm. or I hold a door, and you get that person that doesn't acknowledge you i don't feel bad for them uh maybe i do because i think to myself boy they're really going through something even 
maybe they're maybe they're going through something more difficult than I've ever gone through. You know, I've been through, and we talk about all the you know challenges that people go through, but I don't take it to heart because I know that even that even though they didn't acknowledge me by me doing that act of um, a nice deed or a good gesture or just uh, that that subtle smile, I'll, I've done my part to try to help that person. You don't know what they're going through. You don't. And you know where this saves you, this kind of thinking? When you're driving. And nowhere has it saved me more in road rage than when I'm driving. I'm driving, I'll get cut off, or someone's speeding by me, or something. You know, we, we all know those drivers. We all can't stand them. If if you don't know who those drivers are, then you're one of them. So, right. so all I do is immediately think, he's got to get somewhere. He forgot something. He's going to disappoint someone if he don't get somewhere. It could be just a punk in a, in a, in a car just cutting me off, didn't even look at the the uh, stop sign. And And my wife, Karen, she'll be like, you let that, you know, she'll start screaming, you know, and fortunately I'm the one driving. Right. But I'll just say, he's got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and just changing my mindset like that, right. that never bothers me again. Where it, it could escalate into something, especially I get hot headed yeah. and it can escalate into something bad. But if I just have the mindset, oh, he's got to go to the bathroom. Then I've turned the tables. I've kind of made fun of him now. I, it, it's a joke now, and it makes me feel better. You know, I look. He, he's got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. More, more power to him. <laughs> and it changes my mindset. And she laughs, and everyone in the car laughs. So it it just makes everything lighter. But it allows me to be more tolerant on on the road and, and more kind on the road, and and not to be as aggressive because mm-hmm. I don't know what they might be doing. You know, maybe he did have to go to the bathroom. Maybe he's late for an appointment. Maybe this could be the day that changes his life. Right. You just, just never know. And it's, you know, that that's an observation because you can't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now let's think about it this way. When I work, when I work with people and they come in and they're, can they have concerns or they're upset and, you know, talk about customer service or helping people. You know, it's not all about always propping them up and encouraging them. It's about, listening to them and you made that point throughout this uh conversation this morning you know somebody walks into the office and they're upset and they'll tell me i'm mad and i and they you could just see the frown you could see the frustration they're ready for a fight you know they're 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 ready to take you they're gonna whatever they're concerned they're it, you're the blame you're the problem i'm gonna i got I have it. a day planned i don't want to go to the bank right now right and the bank is the man right i hate the man so they're coming <laughs> in you're the, you're they're coming the in loaded guy. for bear so the first thing I've, and I've always done this, it, whenever, whenever somebody walks in, I, they go, I, you know, I want to speak with me. I said, well, what do you want to talk about? You're mad. Oh, I'm upset. Well, you're going to come on down. Let's see. We're going to go to my office, going to have a seat, and we're going to figure this out. And then I introduce myself, and I smile, and I said, whatever you're upset with, the time is yours. I'm going to let you say whatever you have to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take copious notes. Are you okay with that if I write everything down? Because when somebody sees you putting pen to paper, that means that they know that you're paying attention. And then also you're taking in their information so I can restate back to them. And then you find out that 
I don't have a percentage. The vast majority of the time, it's something that was just a miscommunication or a minor issue that once you talk the process through, it was easily resolved. But it's taking that person and changing that mindset, taking that fixed mindset we talk a lot about on this show, creating a growth mindset, pointing out to them where the, um, where the dislocation took place. And they walk out, and I, I, got, I got to say with a confidence, most of the time, they're happier than when they came in. Every now and then, you know, everything's, nothing's 100% in life. Every now and then, you can't, you can't please all the people all the time. So no. you do get it. You, you get a one-off here and there. where, But they're not, they still leave not as pissed off as when they came in. They're still right. pissed, but not as pissed off as they were. No. But for the most part, everybody walks out, thank you for your help. And then you send them on their way. I do that with telemarketers. Well, not telemarketers, but um, operators. When I have to call uh, customer service reps, when I'm trying to call in, especially with you know cable or something, places that are notorious for having horrible customer service reps. So they're already waiting for you to berate them. Right. And they'll say, hello, welcome to so-and-so. My name is... Uh, you know, Joanne, can I, how can I help you? I said, hi, Joanne, how are you this, this morning? She said, I'm good. I got a problem, and if you can remedy this for me, you'd, you'd be an angel. And already, I've put them on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and they will want to help me now. And if, if it's with um, cable or, or some other issue, you know, they, they may even start finding little savings ideas. Hey, you know what? Here's a tip. You know, I'm going to put you in this. I'm going to give you a, a credit or, or this. Cause, cause I, I've not only did they help me and they know that they did so good, you know, even if they can't help me, you know, look, look, you did what you could. Thank you so much. You know, cause, cause shit rolls downhill. Sure does. So, you know, the people I want to complain to are at the upper echelon and in, 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 in the offices and in, in their ivory towers. Whereas these guys are the messengers and it's always, you know, you, you kill the messengers. Mm-hmm. They're just doing their job. They don't make the policies. They just have to work. And if you can get on their side, they can help you. They can help you. Right. And just, just say, Oh, thank you. You know, it might be a person with a very unique name. That I've never heard before, and I'll I'll just start right off on the name. What does that mean? I said I don't know. Well, and then I'll say, well, you know, you tell them it means this, you know, like magic flower or, or or something, where it just takes the disconnect that I'm not a number, and she's not an operator. We're two humans, and we need to help me solve a problem. Whether you're talking about your cable company, your electric company, your bank, it always comes down to how can you help me solve my problem? Mm-hmm. How can you help me resolve my issue? You know, at, when you do that, it goes two ways. You taking that approach of I have an issue, I need your help, rather than you're the institution, you're the problem, and what I say goes. I, I, I'm having an epiphany right now as you're saying this for career and for life. It's problems. The secret to everything is problems. The secret to a great career is to be the best at solving a problem. The secret to having a great life 
is to make others forget their problems. So how can we wrap that up into a tip for our clients because I or I think, our audience? I think, I think what they should do right now is f- just, just wrapping it up. Think of two people off the top of your head that you love that you haven't talked to. It could even be your mother. So call someone, someone that you burnt a bridge with a long time ago. Do something. Just just reach out, extend an arm, extend an olive branch, or just say, hi, I miss you. I love you. How are you? I've been worried about you. It's, you know, how have you been coping with, with all this? Right. So here's what I would say to you, Dan. We're going to call mom today, right? So if you take it in terms of solving problems, life, career, I'm in a bad place, wherever you are, wherever anybody listening to you, wherever your Keep steering plot it to the positive. Steer to positive. So I'll give you three tips. And I use this in all my coaching <clears throat> sessions. Keep, stop, start. What are you going to keep doing, Dan? You caught me off guard. All right. You're going to keep <laughs> smiling. <laughs> keep smiling. You're going to keep smiling. Right? We got to stop doing. So think about what we were talking about. We're going to call, you know, I'm going to stop not making the phone call, right? I'm going to I'm going to stop being negative. I'm going to stop right. criticizing others. I'm going to stop um or like having Kevin a Hart fixed said, mindset. You know, it's the 30 days. I'm gonna don't st- complain. I'm going to stop complaining. And what are you going to start? I'm going to start by calling mom today. I'm mm-hmm. going to start by um, opening the door for somebody. I'm going to start by finding two people and having a positive impact. So when you take that, it could be anything you do. Keep, stop, start. We can make that the start of every Mm -hmm. podcast we ever do from here on out. Because no matter what the subject matter is, no matter who the person is, no matter what the organization is, there's always a keep, there's always a stop, and there's always a start. What's the latest cool book you read? Because you know what I might want to do next week? I might want to do a book review of a book that you've liked that that you you'd like to uh, you think would be good for people to read. I just I'm about finished. This is very dry material, but if you're in sales and you're in marketing, I listen to a gentleman called Victor Antonio, mm-hmm. and I've just about finished his book called Response Block Selling. And it's how you overcome over overcome objections. You know what? Let's think of uh, four books. Okay, you come up with two. I'll come, come up with two. two. Well, I have that one, and then I'll maybe I'll try to find uh, another one that's not so specific in nature. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like it. I like it too. I'm gonna see if I if I don't even need my notes for this. You can reach us at Flick is Proof at gmail.com and don't forget to tell your friends all your friends about the show we are on Spotify we are on Google Play we are on Apple Tunes and as I mentioned with the great Chris Flickinger that we're going to be back next week talking about we'll do some book reviews some because I got two in mind 50 Cent and Kevin Hart it's it's not what you think it is and you, you might be impressed there you have you're going to have to come up with books too. I'm going to have to come up with some books as well make it a great day everybody